welcome in to another episode of the Fantasy Football RPG Podcast. I am your Commissioner Corey, also known as Bittner Steel, and I am once again joined by my guys, Eric, or a corn dog, and Evan, or EP Low on Sleeper. How are you guys doing? Happy 4th. Happy 4th, my guys. How are you doing? Doing pretty well. Enjoying the South for what it's got. I am uh, now on the other side of 30, and I can now sleep the wrong way and have my back hurt all day, so... That's there you the go. In my life. Very nice. I'm a year behind you there. So, uh, yeah, I'll let you know when I catch up and we can compare pains and strains. There we go. Yeah. I remember back in your day where I could sleep the right way. <laughs> it's so funny. I was just talking about uh, this with my friend who he just turned 40. And I was like, oh, man, I can't even imagine, you know, turning 30 next year. And he's like, don't even talk to me right now. I, I don't, I don't want to talk to you. I can't even get out of bed. So yeah, guys, happy four. Thanks for joining me. This is an early morning one, uh, which is something we haven't really done before. So uh, I have a feeling our drink selection will be slightly different than usual. And I'll go ahead and start us out. Um, this was a very rare morning for me where I did not get up before my wife somehow. She she decided to get up pretty early today, which that is usually just not the way it goes. She's usually the, the late sleeper and I'm usually the early riser. Um, half expecting to make myself some coffee and uh, maybe add a nip of a whiskey in there. But I woke up and she had grabbed me a fresh quad shot mocha from the Ooh. barista stand. So I am working with that. And it's definitely got four shots of espresso in there because I am shaking. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's that's been working pretty good. Getting my eyes all open and ready for uh, the pod today. What about you guys? What do you got going right now? I am currently just on a little bit of water at the moment before golf because with how hot it is outside, you kind of want to minimize the alcohol intake when you're going to be outside for a couple hours right now down here in Florida. So trying to hydrate, get ready to go. Um, Smart man. Kind of boring, but I spent the last two days having drinks. So I had a bunch of bourbon. So mm. I switched between uh, Bob Dylan's Heaven's Door and uh, Metallica's Blackened all weekend. It was fantastic. Nice. Oh, so you you really get down on like the uh, the musical artists branded so whiskey, good. huh? Well, the Heaven's yeah. Door is probably the smoothest whiskey I've ever drank in my life. Mm-hmm. It is so easy and it tastes delicious. It's good to hear that you know those guys put out good stuff. I've I've heard pretty much nothing but horror stories about uh, celebrity tequila specifically. I've heard it's almost never good. Who has celebrity tequila? Uh, I know, like, um, what's his name? Uh, Deadpool guy. Um, Ryan Reynolds. He's got one. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, he's got one. I know George Clooney's got one. LeBron has one, doesn't he? That sounds right. It's just another um, I think the I think the last one I heard about was the uh, uh, Aaron Paul and Brian Cranston from Breaking Bad, like, came out mm-hmm. with one, and they were promoting it at a Costco, like, in person. Um but it's, it also apparently is not very good. So I don't know what's up with that. Maybe they just don't really know what goes into making a good tequila. Uh, but I am curious. So you're drinking water. Do you? What are you? What are you working with water wise? Do you go uh, like cold as can be? Do you? Do you like? Really nice. All about as cold as it can be. You ever do like the sparkling water? Or you just drink that fizzless. No, I can't do the sparkling water stuff. I just mm. like like straight water. Yeah, classic. What about you, Evan? Yeah, I'm just on water this morning. As I told Corey, uh, I took enough ibuprofen to knock out an elephant. So I woke up with an absolutely splitting headache this morning. Um, just uh, trying to uh, rehydrate before going back downtown this tonight to uh, go to another concert. So nice. Get on that same uh, boring water train of just, just plain old water with some ice? Yeah. If, if the bottle is not perspiring, then it's not cold enough. All right. Uh, well, we do have a, a, a nice game to play, so to speak, uh, a little later on. I only have a few news notes here. Um, I was going to add something about rookies, but it just didn't seem like there was enough to talk about that was different than what we've already sort of discussed. So uh, we can just kind of quickly go through these two news items. The first being I just saw this morning land on on the Reddits. Um, Seems as if the Packers are now the betting favorites to land Julio Jones. And uh, I don't know what uh, that seems kind of interesting to me. I mean, uh, 
they really don't have a lot of high profile wide receiver help in Green Bay. Um, not to say that, you know, Julio has juice left. I, I don't think that anyone can say for sure if he does or not. Last year was not very uh not a very good sign of of good things to come with julio jones he just you know constantly hurt when he's out there just really never put it together um but with aaron Rodgers, i mean that's a significant upgrade from ryan Tannehill. uh and if the packers do take him on is is that does that excite you guys at all is there anything there that uh would make you want to go after julio are you are you selling julio when that news drops if it does drop um I feel like if I can sell Julio, I would do that as soon as possible or wait for a big game. Um, when it comes to him on the Packers, like that's probably one of the more intriguing landing spots for Julio. Mm-hmm. But the real question is, how many games is he actually going to play at yeah. this point in his career? And do you trust leaving in, him in for like a full game when you could start somebody else over him? Mm-hmm. So I think there's a lot of ifs and or buts with him. But he feels like a good bye week fill-in or a sell high if he has a huge game. Yeah, I mean, Aaron Rodgers has historically taken a while to get accustomed to his wide receivers. Mm. Uh, he likes to have rapport with his wide receivers. So, I mean, even if Julio goes there, I mean, if you can sell him on the hype alone, because, I mean, how quick is he really going to start out? I mean, it's the same issue with Watson coming in there. So, at wide receiver, like, I don't know. I mean, there's not much talent at wide receiver right now so makes sense now and I can, yeah and it's, like, go after someone it's been a minute since i have uh done a startup but i am curious to know his adp right now with julio jones because i imagine you can get him pretty close to free um and if i can draft him i guess in the last round or two maybe like third to last round i, I might take a shot there um considering uh if he got like the possibility of him going to the packers and uh being a decent bi-week fill-in maybe he has a game or two there um but yeah other than that i'm pretty much in line with your guys's thinking like rogers locking into him uh without you know time to build that rapport that's that's a little scary and then you know dude's what 33 now um i, I believe that's accurate and Last year didn't really show out, so who knows what the juice situation is looking like there for Julio. But I thought that was interesting. I haven't really gotten any buzz about Julio up until that point. So I thought it was interesting that his name had just uh, popped up there, um, especially because it seems like Vegas is now sort of setting the lines for him to go to the Packers. But okay, and then the only other thing I have on here, I think this is mostly uh, if you guys aren't, kind of in the loop about the really dumb fluff rumblings about DK that have been going on the last few weeks. Um, I thought I could take an opportunity to just let you guys know what I'm seeing and hearing being in Seattle. Um, obviously, DK's status is still very much up in the air. He hasn't got the extension that he wants. Um, and I have personally waffled between DK is staying and there's no way dk is staying um a bunch of times at this point i just i just keep flip-flopping at this point i'm pretty confident he's staying and it's for real no really no other reason other than like i said these sort of fluff uh news pieces that keep coming out where uh you know dk i guess started or is helping run a seattle softball league now um which seems like an interesting commitment to make if he was on his way out um it 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 seems to me like it'd be a strange commitment to make uh to start that kind of thing only to be traded or you know go to another team uh and then you know i i follow dk on twitter i'm not a huge twitter guy but i do have him set on uh always alerting me to whatever he tweets out just because I need to be in the loop if something happens to him. Um, and you look down his timeline and it's just nothing but he loves Seattle. He wants to stay in Seattle. He defends Drew Locke unnecessarily. I think that, you know, I'm just not seeing the signs of the like disgruntlement that I, I would expect to see if he is, you know, really going to leave. Um, so still no hard news yet on that but i i am now as of this moment hopeful 
that we are keeping DK. Sounds all positive. Yeah. Uh, and I haven't yeah. really heard to the contrary. And I also, at this point, what teams haven't figured out what they wanted to figure out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think yeah. the only thing that can change it is a significant wide receiver going down with a training camp injury or something. That mm-hmm. might push the issue. But even that, I don't know. I, I, I think you're right. I think he's staying put for at least another year. Let us hope so. Um, as much as, you know, paying him the big money, I think that some Seattle fans are, are kind of against that at the stage of our team. Um, I just love DK, man. I, I'd love to have him locked up so that when we eventually do have a QB uh, of note, they have a prolific, still young alpha dog wide receiver to, uh, to hone in on. That's, that's my hope. Yeah, other than that, guys, I don't, uh, I, you know, it's been pretty slow. Uh, Newsweek, we're, we're all, you know, gearing up for training camp, uh, waiting to see kind of how everything shakes up there. What about the Watson trial wrapping up? So, I mean, they finished the, the three days and, you know, now they're preparing the briefs um, to hand off to the judge. And, you know, hopefully from everything that's been going around, a ruling should be had um, on a amount of games by the end of this month. So, yeah, I did have that on here uh, originally. I just, I scratched it because that's the extent of it, right? Like we're, we're basically the decision still looms. We're still just waiting to hear what the situation is going to be. And, and I also scratched it because I think we'll be talking about it a little more uh, once we get to this next segment. Um, But yeah, I, man, it's just been so drawn out at this point. Um, I've been really trying my best. I know we're only, you know, four real episodes in here, but uh, I've been really trying my best to sort of limit the Watson points just because until we get some real news it's really hard to like talk about it at length without just like guessing um so you know we'll keep our our ears to the ground on it as soon as something official happens i'm sure we'll dedicate half a show to to talking about the uh the ramifications there's a lot of angles with that one too when we finally figure out what's going on yeah um, I, I have a feeling like we're just going to go ahead and make an entire episode. Uh, I don't know what we'll call it, uh, the Browns note or something like that. And we'll just talk about all the fallout from, you know, that team, whether or not they have him uh, and what that means for everyone on there. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, QB1. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> Ron James to Cleveland Browns, question mark. Oh, Yeah. All right. <laughs> That's uh, Donnie with some of those crazy words that come out of your mouth. <laughs> it does almost seem like computer generated, like like AI generated discussion points there. Who knows? Right. <laughs> yeah, we want to get into the the next segment here. Yeah. Um this was kind of this is kind of your idea, Evan. Do you want to like sort of explain what we're gonna what we're gonna do here? Yeah, sure. So we're we're going to be trying to talk about quarterbacks, you know, the most important position in Superflex. Uh, it's the position that we all try and get. You know, it's a very thin position. It's a position that, frankly, we as fantasy gamers think that we have some idea about um, with kids coming out of college and trying to scout them. And we're absolutely kidding ourselves because the NFL doesn't even know what they're doing half the time with quarterbacks. So if we think that we can do it better than the NFL scouts, uh, we're probably a little delusional. So we're, we're going to go ahead and try and set some realistic expectations and talk about some lines that might be out there um for quarterbacks and what they might have to do um to be able to meet those expectations and keep their jobs going into next year and produce valuable fantasy points for us for the next season yep and uh we do have uh a a whole heap of uh discussion notes um i tried to include uh some pretty good talking points here but the first one on the list uh you know not to put you too much in the uh, in the spotlight here, Evan, but it is kind of your boy. Do you want to sort of lead us off on this first one? Yeah. So the first guy that we're going to talk about is going to be Jalen Hurts. Um, so as everybody keeps saying, it's basically a make or break year for him. Um, they added to the wide receiver core, adding one of the best wide receivers in the game right now in A.J. Brown, um, which allows Smitty to go become a wide receiver, too, on that team. 
Uh, Dallas Goddard's going to have a full season uh, as the true tight end on that team. He's not going to have to deal with Ertz. The offensive line does get another year older, but they do get another year of being solidified together. Um, it is one of the better offensive lines in football. And then we still have Miles Sanders in the backfield to be able to take some pressure off of him as much as some recent interviews with Miles have, have gone poorly. Um, you know, they still have a backfield and Hertz is still going to use his legs. I mean, you look at him and he ran, what was it? A hundred, almost 140 times last year. Um, so he's still going to produce those rushing yards. I mean, maybe you see that knocked down to, you know, a hundred carries, 115 carries this year, um, to try and, you know, keep the hits off of him. Um, but they really should open up the passing game. And from what I've been hearing from a lot of beat writers, that is the plan is to try and open up the passing game a little bit more um, to be able to see the development of Hertz and be able to see what he's really got in arm talent. Um, if he doesn't produce and he puts up like a 60% completion percentage this year, they're probably going to be moving off of him and, and looking for somebody else. Um, as Corey knows, I have a lot of money on them to just make the playoffs at plus odds already. Um, so I do feel pretty good um, with the team. And I do feel like Hurts, realistically, I mean, I don't know, looking looking at Jalen Hurts and pulling his DraftKings number, uh, passing yards for the season, they have it set at 3650.5. So 3,650 and a half yards and 22 and a half passing touchdowns. Um, heck, if, if he hits both of those numbers, I, I think we're looking at a starter that gets another contract um, from Howie. And in that point, then his value raises significantly. I think that the big thing for Hertz is how, in my opinion, I mean, I love those bets, Evan, and at plus odds, I think they totally make sense because for me, I think that division is super winnable for the Eagles, super winnable. Um, the only one that really stands in their way of note would, would probably be the Cowboys, and Cowboys are are exciting for, like, a, especially a fantasy perspective, but um, they let's not, like, pretend they didn't get worse as a team from, from last year to this year. Maybe Dak uh, is a little more comfortable, but they lost Amari Cooper. Um, and I don't think that people are really understanding how good Amari Cooper is and how significant that loss is. Um, with with Hertz, uh, his ability to, to scramble um, with the additions of, of the wide receivers there, uh, their, their defense is coming together. Their O-line is still pretty good. Um, I think I really do think that that division... I think it's entirely winnable by the Eagles. And that might be the biggest way that Hertz can solidify himself as the Eagles true starter for, for the foreseeable futures if he brings home that division. Um, so I think that that's totally possible. I love Hertz. I have way too much Hertz. Uh, I was a big believer uh, last year. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm trying to keep him where, uh, where I can. Uh, absolutely. Um, I'm really only selling him if I can get like a like an overpay at this point, um, because I think that his potential just is is so uh, high. Uh, he has such a high ceiling, in my opinion. Um, with the Miles Sanders stuff, man, like I don't know if you saw that, Eric, how Miles Sanders just told on himself and basically was like, don't draft me in fantasy because that's just not how our I, I don't remember the actual quote. He's like, that's not how our offense works. Like, I'm not going to be a good fantasy piece, basically, which, you know, I've I've had it been said by players on both sides at this point where they're like, draft me. And then they, <laughs> Kenyon Drake, for instance, who's like, draft me. And then he doesn't do anything. Uh, so maybe this is the opposite for Sanders. Maybe he says, don't draft me. And he's a, he's a running back one this year. Who knows? Yeah, I was going to say, Sanders um, confirmed RB1 this year. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, but I think, I think that, I mean, look at, look at some of the, uh, weeks that, that Hurst had last year, man. He, he was a top five guy for the majority of the season. He had weeks where he was the number one QB and that was pre AJ Brown. Um, that was, you know, before his skills, uh, you know, ascend to where they, they could be now. It was before he had rapport with, uh, with, with Smith, um, 
so yeah, I'm I'm really excited for the Eagles personally. Not to uh, play too much into your hand, Evan, but uh, no, I, I I think Hertz is definitely someone to uh, to look out for that's on the upswing. Any thoughts on that, Eric? You agree with us? I mean, you guys kind of nailed every part of that with um with Hertz though. The only thing that worries, like I think he's a pretty safe QB one this year for this season. Mm-hmm. Like I would feel good about him finishing top ten again. Um. The problem is if he gets that lower body injury for some reason, like just one hit, it's hmm. a lower body injury. How much does that value drop because he's not a prolific passer then? For um, sure. I think that's a good argument against, I, I guess we didn't do a whole lot of like even devil's advocate argument against, um, but I would add on to that the fact that the Eagles are pretty set up next year for if if Hertz doesn't work out, they, they could go after a QB next year to replace him pretty easily with their assets. Yeah. I think the only way Hertz is not a top 10 fantasy option this year is if he does get some kind of injury. And if he does get okay. some kind of lower body injury and he can't use his legs anymore, I'm really scared about the entire Eagles offense in general as fantasy production because he does not have the accuracy and the arm to just stand back there and sling mm-hmm. it right. But again, that's you can't predict injury, right? especially if somebody who doesn't have an injury history like he does. So mm-hmm. we've got to feel pretty good about him being a top 10. So yeah, I know. I think we talked about this last last time. But what do you think the percentage chances are that Hertz gets hurt, and then Minshew comes out, balls out, and the Eagles go forward with Minshew on a long term contract? I think I brought this up last week, and when you weren't here, Evan, that uh, there's an argument to be made that AJ Brown's value goes up if Minshew's in. I would. Tend to disagree with that, but you know, <laughs> that's a realistic argument, though. There's an argument there for sure. If you yeah. want to make the There's argument, a there. there's a yeah. real argument. I'm not saying it's like set in stone, I'm just saying there is a legitimate <laughs> discussion to be had there. Whatever <laughs> on, on the injury front, I mean, I, I think yeah. it's realistic. And if, if I'm projecting, like, if I'm drafting Jalen Hurts. I'm very much expecting him to put out 14, 15 games. I'm expecting him to miss, you know, two games and then maybe the last game of the year, maybe mm-hmm. not um, have to see, but I'm expecting there to be some dings on him. You know, it's just the unfortunate circumstance with almost every running quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just absorb hits. And when your body takes that many hits at the NFL level, it takes its toll. So. What so? What is your strategy there in like a super flex league or two QB league? Where if you do draft Hertz, are you are you drafting like more QBs to account for the fact that you think that Hertz probably misses a few games? Like, do you do you fill those holes with more QBs, or you just kind of risk it for the biscuit and knowing or you know thinking that he might be injured for a few games, you just try to flex a different position in that super flex for those for those weeks i mean if if i'm taking the running quarterbacks of the of the branch i mean we're talking you know the kylers the lamars the hertzes the lances i mean if i'm taking those guys then i'm definitely going to be trying to get a qb3 that's you know an old durable reliable guy Mm. you know we're talking like a matt ryan a Tannehill. you know i mean Winston isn't really durable per se mm-hmm. right now with how he's been looking. Um, but just thinking about guys like that, um, that can just fill in, you know, for a bye week mm-hmm. or for the week and at least give you quarterback numbers or semi quarterback numbers from the yeah. super flex position. Cause I mean, that that's the whole game of it. You know, you want to try and maximize the points and QBs statistically get you the most amount of points. So, and I think that's a really good strategy to back up your running quarterbacks. You could go with that. I do think Hertz is in the one kind of unique situation where if you wait late and then one of the later rounds, you grab Minshew. I don't think you feel terrible about that if Hertz goes down. Um, I don't think you feel that way with Kyler's backed up, Lamar's backed Mm -hmm. up, anything like that. Actually, Huntley's not terrible, but he's, but I think Minshew is, if Hertz is out, I don't think you feel awful about taking Minshew late. Like, all right, I'm going to run Minshew two weeks till Hertz. The great benefit here of of Hertz as your running QB is that you don't have to spend as much uh, draft capital to get him. 
um, in turn, like compared to a Kyler and a Lamar and mm-hmm. stuff. If they go down, that's your that's your first round pick. Um, yep. That's that's brutal. Hurts. Uh, where does he go? More like third round, I have to imagine. No, Hurts. Hurts has been flying up. So. Yes. Yeah, so, well, so going going off of the decos, uh, so he pulls hundreds of actual paid drafts. So these aren't just mock drafts. He just scrapes mm. them from sleeper um, oh, nice. from their data, and he has an ADP on Jalen Hurts is fifteen point nine right now. Oh wow. Okay. Like so top of the he's second. second. Yeah, Ooh. middle middle top, front front wow. half of the second. Which I kind of like that spot for him. And then, like I said, like way down in, I mean, where's Minshew going? Do you have that pulled up or no? No, we just, it has the top 28 quarterbacks. Yeah, in a super flex. I like, would imagine. Last last couple rounds, I would last couple imagine. Rounds to ensure your second round pick, like that's not bad value. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Um, you guys ready to move on? Let's keep going. Sure. Well, we teased it a little bit at the start here, but let's go ahead and really dig in. Um, with Watson. Um, Watson gets suspended for the year, let's just say, uh, which I know really uh, digs a dagger into into Eric having traded two first for him semi-recently. But what, what does that do to your guys' overall QB rankings uh, here? I know that pushes him down pretty significantly, but how far does that push him down? I mean, I have to imagine for a win-now team, he's off the board um you you can't really count on him unless you're trying to like flip him uh to get a different sort of veteran that is going to play um what what do you guys what's your guys thoughts on that so so i was going to say i think you said two magic words right now win now because Ray, Ray and I recently were talking about how you basically have to have two completely different set of dynasty rankings right now mm-hmm. one for the productive struggle which everybody seems to be trying to go for these days and one for the win now team um obviously win now teams i mean he's gonna be what like qb 25 like mm-hmm. you're not really looking at him as an asset for this year um rebuild teams though i mean i, I honestly don't think it shifts that much from where he's currently going um, so I know earlier in the offseason when everybody was all hype about him coming back and thinking the suspension wouldn't be too bad. Um, I know he was starting to get pushed up into the middle middle and early second. Um, but recently he's actually been falling back down. Um, so we've seen him actually take a tumble back down to three, 33.8 in ADP. Um, so, I mean, he's coming at a decent value and... Obviously, some people are going to be in, some people aren't going to be out. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're willing to just punt this year and accept the full year suspension, where it might actually help you get a better draft pick in 2023 for, you know, one of the top six guys in that draft, then maybe that's the correct process play as well. But yeah, I think realistically for for rebuild rankings, I think I'd probably slot him in right around QB 11, 12, right around that Stafford, Lawrence bunch right there probably. Because he still is elite. I mean, we've seen him produce multiple times as a top five quarterback in the NFL. That, that was going to be my question, actually. Like the couple years removed thing, that, that doesn't worry you at all. If he does get suspended for the entirety of this year, that's going to be what? three years off the field so i i think if he gets suspended for the full year i think it'll have it'll be interesting to see how the suspension is exactly worded if he's not allowed to have any team activities mm-hmm. that's going to be a completely different conversation than if he's okay. allowed to be around the team he's just not allowed to play mm. okay yeah because I, I would think in that kind of that same line you were Corey, that um two years of not being Playing in the oh, NFL two years. Yeah. Sorry. Well, you almost have to count that third year almost like a rookie year all over again, right? Like he almost has to relearn the speed. Now it's not going to take mm-hmm. him as long as a rookie. But I mean, mm-hmm. you got to get, I would guess maybe the first four weeks, he might look a little off. Mm-hmm. So he kind of gets the speed back up. So you're almost looking halfway through your fantasy season next year. 
before yeah. you're really thinking Deshaun's elite again, maybe. I still yeah. think it's worth it. But I, I almost think you have to put your timeline to middle of next season before you're getting like Deshaun, Deshaun. I think it's important to remember here that as as much as we've seen him put together games uh, with this not being the case, for the majority of the games he looked great in, he had DeAndre Hopkins. He does not have DeAndre Hopkins anymore. I mean, he's uh, got Cooper. Right, yeah. I think they're different Cooper's players. Not Hopkins, but Cooper's not a bad yeah. option to have. No, not at all. I think that they're just – I think that they're different kinds of players for me. Um, That's right. Ho- I think they're both great route runners, but Hopkins, I think in general, Hopkins, when I like think about the two of them, Hopkins makes like those spectacular like contested catches and he, you know, tactician wise, Cooper is maybe up there on the same like uh, yeah. talent level, but Hopkins to me is just, is tremendously more talented and you know, he's older too. So maybe there's like kind of a wash there, but didn't have season with him where he was making those crazy catches and still had like zero drops or something stupid like that. Yeah, I believe that's that, correct. That guy's hands are just nuts. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Watson also had a rapport with Hopkins that, you know, who knows if Watson will ever have a rapport with Cooper. Um, we think so. We we hope, I think a lot of people hope so, but, but kind of who knows. Um, I think I'm pretty much in the camp of you really can't sell Watson like you're not going to get right now you're you're really not going to get the return that's going to make you happy uh without knowing like what's going to happen to him um I think that the two firsts that you pay for Eric I, I think that unfortunately might be like the top value for the foreseeable future for him like I I've been trying I have been in one league and I've been trying to sell him for one first and I have not been successful I I've had a lot of upturned noses at at the request for one first for Watson. So I just, I don't know. I don't think it's the right time to sell him. Um, but, you know, it's tough to keep him if, if you're a win now situation. Like, do you do you take like pennies on the dollar to, to sell him if you are like, I'm going to win right now, but next year might be looking a little iffy for me. Like, what, what do you guys do in that situation what if you're a win now like you're you're five and one six and oh through yeah. the first half of the season watson's out the whole year and let's just assume everything is like as is like as far as injury wise and whatnot would you all just flip watson for something like zeke straight up to give yourself a, a win now running back uh, i don't think i would do that but I, i'm just giving like an example like, I know it's like an audio medium, but you should see the faces that me and Evan made at the same time there. It's just okay, ultimate so grimace. Caliber a little bit, but like an older running back. Like, what would you flip a Watson for McCaffrey or a Watson for a Camaro? Uh, I would, I'd probably do that. Yeah. Yeah. I'd probably do. I don't know if you could get that, but I would probably do that. I was going to say, like, if my window is this year and maybe next year then I would have to entertain it. Like if I know all my chips are pushed in and he gets suspended for an entire year at that point though, I would genuinely be interested to see if somebody would actually entertain that offer from the other side. Mm -hmm. Um, Seeing how desperate you would be in that situation with the other teams, knowing that you need to unload Deshaun to be able to get a piece um, knowing that you have this year basically to compete. You, you know, it seems like a pretty decent flip for me just right off the bat. If if you need to win now and you're trading Watson to a team that is in a rebuild or productive struggle, uh, trying to get like a Derrick Henry, I might, I might do that straight up and feel pretty good about it. If you just flip Watson for Henry straight up to win now. I feel pretty good about that. I, I will say, though, kind of backing off the suspension a little bit, I think where it gets really terrifying for some of these owners that are in win-now mode is if he actually gets 12 games. So if he gets 12 mm. games, I'm bringing up 12 games as an interesting thing because I don't know if you've looked at the Browns' schedule, uh, but week 13 they play the Texans in Houston. Oh, oh, oh man. He, so he's so, getting 12 games. You're, so what you're saying is he's getting 12 games because the NFL is totally going to do that. A revenge game is going to be on prime time. So, you know, the, there's that. But as a win-now team, 
like we had just mentioned as well, it's going to take them a little bit of time to get back into football shape, to get back mm-hmm. used to playing at the football NFL speed. So you go through 12 games of your season, which basically puts you at playoff time or getting close to playoff time, you know, that playoff push for yeah. fantasy. And all of a sudden you're, you know, three weeks that you have to wait on Deshaun to get back to his old Deshaun self. Mm-hmm. Well, now all of a sudden, you know, you're week 15, you know, week 16, basically in the championship game. Like you basically have to make it through the entire season, make the playoffs without Deshaun, just to have him come back, be maybe 70% Deshaun for the first three weeks. So I think that's when it becomes a dangerous proposition. Yeah. So what well, I got one more yeah. idea though for uh, and then I guess we should probably move to the next thing we've been on this for a while. Mm. If you again all you're six and oh, you're killing it. Your weakness is that second QB spot and Watson's not coming back. Do you flip Watson for Tom Brady? Uh I think I I think I would. I think I, I, think would, I would. If I'm all in win now and I need that yeah. second super flex QB, I might mm-hmm. do that. I might do that. What's the uh does anyone know the Bucks bye week? Not off the top of my head. Because if they have an earlier bye week and you get Tom Brady for the rest of the season, uh I I think that might push it over the edge for me. It's interesting, right? Like yeah, I mean in, in the real world you would never think like, oh, Watson for Brady at his but if you're not getting Watson for this entire year, yeah, when you're all in, like I think that's not honestly like the I I really like that. I think that's like the almost like the perfect trade scenario for that specific situation where you're like, I am win now, 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 and I don't have a second QB, but I I have this hot start and I'm almost guaranteed to make the playoffs at this point. Yeah, I I think I do that. It looks like oh, week eleven is the oh, box. Yeah, week eleven okay. is the box. Okay. Not I mean, terrible. Still, yeah, if you're five, six weeks in and you go, yeah. I mean, it's one week. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I, I think I would actually do that if I am yeah. 100% sold out for this year. That doesn't sound too bad to me. Um, there, and there's, just... a weird, there's a weird world that Brady plays next year, too. I don't think so yeah. at this point. I think this is it. But it's possible he could. But I mean, You're not, you're year, not calling your shot on a, on a 23 Tom Brady to the 49ers? You're not calling your shot there? No, this is the year for that. That's not <laughs> Okay, okay. So okay. Uh, this is the part that I want to just – quickly mention then we can move on uh when i put this show sheet together two weeks ago uh deshaun watson was qb 13 uh and now he is qb 19 on keep trade cut so they're you know obviously with the news of it being the nfl is pursuing a a year uh a year suspension to indefinite suspension like i think is the range that they were fighting for or whatever with that news it it does look like he has taken a, a decent drop uh, just in terms of people's rankings on him, which makes I sense. do got to say, though, that Evan's week 12, 12 week prediction prediction actually sounds pretty good. That sounds about right where it's going to end up. As soon, I think the biggest evidence to that being more realistic than people might think is the week one schedule between the Hawks and the Broncos. The NFL knows exactly what they're doing. They yep. know how to get views. They, they, this is what they're good at. This is exactly what they're good at. Um okay, let's go ahead and move off Watson. Uh this one is a is a kind of a big one. Um, so depending on timing, this this could be maybe the last one, just depending on how long we talk about it. But essentially this one is just the tw- uh 2021 QBs. Uh basically all the rookies that came out uh last year and and kind of where they stand now. Um and just as a reminder I'm that really insulted on our note sheet that Fields was not included in the 2021 QBs. Oh, I totally miss Fields. Yeah, dude, you're right. Yeah. Totally I put Mills in there, not Fields. That's well, yeah. I mean, Mills is going to have the better statistical year than Fields. Okay. Oh, let's, yeah. Let's, let's get into that a little bit. So, just as a reminder, uh, I believe this was in order of drafts. Uh, it was Lawrence, Lance. No, sorry. Lawrence, Wilson, Lance, Fields, Fields. Jones, Mills. Yes. I'm very curious to see how you guys have these guys ranked in that in any sort of order uh, a year after they were drafted. Um, 
Eric, why don't you go ahead and start first since I know <laughs> kind of where you're thinking already. Uh, I think this is the biggest difference we're going to see between me and Evan's rankings. But um, I still got T-Law one. I mean, okay. that dude should have – he's a generational talent. And that team was a hot mess last year with a garbage coach. And just mm-hmm. there's so much weird stuff going on there. And towards the end of the year, you saw Lawrence starting to click a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, they upgraded the team. They have some good talent around him. I still got Lawrence one. Two, oh, that's so tough. Two, I'm probably torn between Fields and Wilson. I would probably say Fields, I would go Fields two, Wilson three. Uh, four, I'd probably go Jones, then Mills, then Lance would be my last. Wow. Wow. Evan, you want to enlighten us on your ranks? That, that, that's That's pure slander. Pure slander. Right. <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow. Okay. So wow. that's that might be the title of this episode. Just in quotes. <laughs> Lance is a bus and then dash Eric. Oh my goodness. Okay. So for me, I have Trey Lance, Lawrence. Number one. Yep. Lance, Lawrence. And then I actually have Mac Jones, Wilson, Mills, Fields. Okay. I am going right. to put Fields in dead last on We've that. We've really seen uh, Fields throw more than two games worth of NFL throws. So, I mean, it's not just me that thinks that he's going to have a poor season. I mean, passing-wise, DraftKings and, and the books. I mean, a lot of the books have him projected for right around 3,300, 3,400 passing yards this season. Wait, are we talking strictly this season or, like, what we want on our dynasty teams for the future? Because if mean, we're talking strictly this season, you are correct. Field is not going to have a good year. No, yeah, I think we're talking dynasty ranks. No, okay, yeah. okay, yeah. okay. That's I, I still dynasty yeah. ranks. Like I am out. I am done with Fields. I am just. I'm out. Oh wow. Like I I see what Chicago has done around him, which is absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. They made their team worse. Uh, they have Darnell Mooney, who's probably going to get a bazillion targets this year because he's the only one on that offense besides Cole Komet who can actually catch a ball. Mm. Um, you know, David Montgomery's getting older, so there's that. The offensive line's still bad. I mean, tell, tell that as it is. And, I mean, we have a new coaching staff coming in, right? Like, I, I don't know. It's just hard for me to believe in fields at this point, whereas, as an example, Zach Wilson, I mean, what did the Jets do around him? Like, they brought in a new wide receiver one for him. They brought in a top running back for him. They solidified the offense for him. Like, they're building around him. They're giving him the tools to try and succeed. Um, so it's just hard. I mean, Davis Mills, you know, maybe that's the spiciest one. Yeah, sure, drop Davis Mills below Justin Fields. Fine. Like, all right, I can see that the upside on fields is very high because of his running ability. And Davis Mills can't do that. He's not going to be running on you. So there's that. Um, and obviously, if Davis Mills busts, well, busts this year, um, then he's probably done. Like they're, they're probably looking for another quarterback in the draft because they're going to have high draft capital. So, you know, there's that. So yeah, sure. If you want to switch Fields and and Mills, all right, that's fine by me. I, I think I'm a little world. higher on Fields than you are, Evan. But I agree with the take of of I think they I think they're actually both Mills and Fields are in a pretty similar situation in terms of if if they don't fall out this year with with a new uh, coaching staff and the fact that they'll have high draft capital next year, I think it's too it's too much of a possibility that that either one could be replaced next season. I just find it so hard to believe that if the Bears are as bad as people are projecting the Bears to be, which is a top five pick, like if they land in the top five, I find it hard to believe that the coaching staff wouldn't strongly consider mm. taking oh, a shot at quarterback. They definitely will. So, um, I just believe in Fields' talent. I think the dude's got a great arm. He runs a 4-3-40. He's got – it's just – the Bears are going to be bad this year. 
And I think it's going to be really hard to evaluate Fields based on how bad the Bears team is, which is why I would like to see him have a chance if we can actually build a decent team around Fields, what that would look like. Um, because I think if you if you flip Fields and, I don't know, Matt Jones, I, I, the Patriots aren't that great either. I don't know. If you put Justin Fields on um, Justin Herbert's team, well, what the Chargers got, Will Fields be as good as Herbert? No, Herbert's a great quarterback, right? But I still think Fields is like a top 15, 20 quarterback this year if he's on a good team, right? He's not without talent. Yeah, I mean, if the if the Lance and Fields situations were flipped, we would be having a very different conversation. Yeah, mm. that's a good way to put that. If you flip Lance and Fields, that would probably be different. I'll tell you um, what, Fields, Fields on the Jets, I think, would have been really, really cool. With how much the Jets are uh, are putting weapons around Wilson, I think that would have been really sweet. I do think there is a world this year that somehow Fields has like ten rushing touchdowns because he's just going to be scrambling for his life. He's fast, and you get down within five of the red zone, it might be just run Fields in. I mean, who is there? Who is there? Uh, red zone Montgomery. threat. Yeah, Montgomery. it's pretty much, it's pretty much just. Montgomery, what do you got? Yeah, it's it's Monty like pushing the pile like right through the middle or it's a or it's a scramble by fields while he's looking for a target to throw to it doesn't happen i think you're gonna see a lot of if they get down to five ten yards i think you're gonna see a lot of misdirection whether it's Mm -hmm. fields or montgomery keeping it and then fields Mm -hmm. running out with it with commit running and if commit's not there fields will try to run it in i think it's Mm going to be a lot of that this year and i think you could eat there's a world he gets like 10 rushing touchdowns and then is a good mm-hmm. fantasy value because of it. But it's going to be a tough year for any Chicago player that's not named Mooney, in my opinion, just because Mooney's going to get a bazillion targets. I mean, Cole Komet should see positive touchdown regular. Oh, yeah, I think it was, I forget who it was. I think it was Cody Carpentier, somebody around that space. Yeah. Uh, did it, like an actual study on it. And like Cole Komet had like, the the least amount of touchdown opportunities in the amount of receptions or amount of targets mm-hmm. that he had in like 10 years or something like that is cole Komet, was he a second year guy third year guy this year tight ends right like, um, like how often do tight ends hit year one two very very rarely i think his scouting report coming out of notre dame was the offensive pass catching skills of a gronk just without the blocking or just the massive size. But I think they said that was what the, if I remember correctly, they said he had like an offensive catching upside of like a Gronk, hmm. which he's never going to hit that. But I will say uh, just to note, uh, so keep trade cut does have Lance squarely in the one position. He's actually ranked number eight out That's of all really the QBs in Superflex, eight. Which is oh, I disagree with that. I'm okay that if you, is, don't, uh, you don't have them as low as I do, but like eight, that's, that's yeah, I hard. I kind of agree with you there. I mean, he's ahead of uh, Russell. He's ahead of Hertz. He's ahead of Lord. He's ahead of all of the you know 21 guys. But uh, yeah, so I mean, potential wise, Lance, you know, he could be great. I just it, it's really hard to push a chip like on a guy that you just really haven't seen do it well yeah we just had this argument with deshaun watson over not playing for like two years possibly other than like one nfl game last year that's kind of lance's situation he had a year off in college Mm -hmm. because of covid and spent an entire year on the bench so he's going through the two-year thing too other than one game so i think he's just going to jump in and be he could be great but just expect him to jump in and be top 10 qb i think is a lot for this year well, let's let's also remember Trey Lance is with the team. Like he's he's practicing, and, and you know it, it is against inferior competition. But in his last full season of college football, he did have eleven hundred rushing yards. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm not yeah, saying I, can. I we just had this argument over the two year not playing window. I think the major difference there is the is the pressure between what Watson is dealing with. Uh, versus what Lance is is going through because with Lance it's still like I still view it as like an up like going uphill like he he's like he hasn't crested the peak yet of you are now a starting quarterback and this yeah. now falls on your head this is now your responsibility 
with Watson, he's facing a whole different type of pressure where oh, yeah. like th this dude's going to get booed heartily at, at every single game he plays for the next, like, I don't even know how forever, like besides uh, the Browns, where if they, if he's playing at home and the fans start to love him because he starts winning games. Sure. But I, I think this guy is going to get a lot of hate and that's, that's going to be, I mean, it's not going to be easy like that. That's going to be an insane amount of pressure to have to operate under as a, as a quarterback. Um, so I think that that's, those are the guys, the difference of the situations there with the two years off kind of thing for me. But uh, I still agree that, I mean, I would probably still have Lawrence uh, above Lance, but I think Lance is my second spot. Um, I think I'm it's, the only one who has Wilson up at the top two. Yeah, I think it's I think it's Lawrence, Lance, Wilson, Mills, Fields, Jones. I think that's got, where I'm at. You got McCorkle last. Yeah, I just you know to me I think there's um, there's a valuation with with Mac Jones where people saw him succeed like over the other rookie quarterbacks. Uh, Last year, they, you know, he put together, went, he, they, they went to the, the playoffs uh, as a rookie QB. I mean, he he definitely put it together on NFL field. I am I'm absolutely out on on the Patriots quarterback. <laughs> I, I yeah. don't think that he is ever going to be, a, I don't think he's ever going to be a QB one no. with what he has to work with, with the style of that offense, how they are so aggressively run first that I just, you know, he doesn't have the rushing upside. He doesn't have the receiver core that makes me excited. Um, they give to the, the slew of running backs too often. I just, I don't see any world where Mac Jones can be a high valued fantasy football. I think, if, I think if Mac Jones finishes above QB 15, it's a miracle. Yeah, I just, uh, you know, maybe a 15 is possible. I kind of view that as a ceiling. Like, yeah, he, he, he I don't think he's ever going to go higher than that. I don't think so either. Um, and I like Mills. I like Mills. Um, I saw enough last year with this, like the scrutiny and with his lack of weapons and the Texans being a dumpster fire. I saw enough that I'm like, if you can take the next step here, I, I, I believe he can. Um, I think that he could be really good. I still think it's wild. There's still a world that all six of those quarterbacks could be starting QBs, like legitimate starting. QBs. Yeah, yeah. That was an insane. Like when you think back into those, especially compared to this year, what an insane QB class. Yeah. None of them. None of them proved they couldn't play. That makes yeah. sense. Definitely. I mean, on the flip side, you could also play devil's advocate on that and say, well, you know, we could have four of them that aren't starting quarterbacks by the end of the 2023 season. Well, going into, sorry, going into the 2024 season. Oh, totally. Yeah. Like, there's a world where only two of them work out and there's a world where all six of them work out still, which is kind of, because usually yeah. you can see pretty quickly which ones aren't. And I haven't <laughs> seen anything definitively that I'm like, Oh yeah, they they can't play in the NFL. Yeah, and then just as as a reminder, being the college guy here, um, Davis Mills was the number one pro-rated quarterback in his high school class. So, pro-style offense-rated wow. quarterback in his class. He was the number fifteenth overall recruit, I think, wow. if memory serves. So yeah, I did not know that, um, but now he is even more firmly locked into uh, into my roster. I've had I've had offers for him and I've just I just there's so much potential there. It's so hard to move off him. Like I've had really good offers. I've had like, you know, top five first next year kind of offers, and I'm still just like I would I don't think I can pull the trigger. Only because as long as he's a Texan, I think he's limited because that is a dumpster fire of an organization. That's true. That's true. My my hope is that uh he locks into cooks uh and that john mechie comes out swinging oh i got a lot of mechie my hopes with draft i'd like me to too. see some yeah. how you guys feeling do you want to do maybe one more 
I was gonna say, let's let's end on Tua. Okay. Uh, sure. Fair talk, Tua. <laughs> Tua's contentious, man. Um, so let's talk about it. Yeah, Tua. Um, I think a lot of people. I mean, he's the most roller coaster qu- quarterback uh, to me since he before he even got drafted. Um, there was a time where he was the number one. It was Tank for Tua. Uh, he was the number one guy. And then obviously his injury happened that threw a lot of things into flux. I don't know if there was, you know, I don't know if there was anything besides the injury that, that pushed him down or or made him not that guy to some people. Um, But the, the hip injury they sustained was, was fairly serious. Um, So serious that in my mind, and at least like a few things that I've read, it's not a mystery to why it could have taken him a little while to kind of get back into the swing of things, get back into NFL QB level um, fitness and, and uh, health level. So to me, I think that the, the chances that he can still be what people wanted him to be from the beginning, I think that's still out there. Uh, And what are the dolphins going to do? They just, like no other QB, I think, in the league, uh, they completely set him up um, with one of the best wide receivers in Tyree Kill. Uh, they went and grabbed Waddle with the fifth overall pick, I think, uh, last year. Uh, I think I'm remembering that right. And, you know, he still got uh, pass-catching tight ends, up like <laughs> just all throughout that roster. Um, his backfield got significantly better. His head coach got... Uh, I mean, you know, we don't know better, but the projection, oh, six overall, thank you. Um, the coaching staff, uh, a Shanahan branch uh, with McDaniels, I think puts him in a really good position for that offense to just ascend. Um, I'm, a, I'm a believer, personally. I, I think that he can be really good. I, I think that if you're relying on him as your number one QB, I'm pretty ick but as as a number two qb in superflex i i i love it i i think i think the chances are higher that he is going to be uh fantasy relevant and productive i'm not sure if this would be considered a hot take or not because i know people are way up and way down on tua but all six of those quarterbacks we just talked about in the last segment i would rather have on my team than tua wow mac jones even uh i meant if like on the Dolphins. Like, if you replace two on the Dolphins. Oh, I see, I see. Six, I got you, I got you, okay. Have, oh, no, no, fantasy-wise, on their team, I would rather have two of them Mac this year, for sure. Okay, okay. And then I think all the six Dolphins. of those QBs, other than maybe Mac, Mac's probably debatable, because I think he's kind of the same quarterback as Tua, um, hmm. would make the Dolphins a better team. Well, it looks like Tua's going off as QB 16 right now in Superflex drafts. He's ranked 16 on keep trade cut. Okay, cool. Um, and it looks like his ADP is 46.2. Um, but, I mean, the, the biggest concern with him is seeing him play a full year. I mean, we've seen yeah. him play, I think it was 10 or 11 games his rookie season and then 13 last year. Mm-hmm. Like, can he get through a full season? And I think it's really interesting to see how bullish Vegas is on him. I mean, they have 4,000 yards as his passing total. Like, wow. whew, man, yeah. you, you combine his rookie and sophomore season, and he's at like 4,400 yards right. combined between both of them. Yeah, he got Tyreek. Yeah, Jalen Waddle's another year in the league. I, I Yeah, I don't know. I'm, Come on, man, listen to Tyreek. He said he's better than Mahomes. <laughs> So I, 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 you know, we don't want to bet on the injury, but I, you know, his track record shows that he does get injured and does miss games. I guess I'm curious to see if Tyreek running those, you know, crazy fast routes out there, like he's going to have to be covered more. Uh, They're going to have to dedicate more of the defense to Tyreek. I wonder if that could translate into, you know, less of Tua getting, you know, completely blown up in his spot uh if he has you know that field stretcher uh super fast cheetah talent uh with Tyreek Hill I wonder if that that could translate into just less chances of him getting hurt um but you know who knows uh with injuries so so let's let's 
Let's also remember that the Dolphins are still in a good position in 2023 to go and draft a quarterback. Um, if they miss the playoffs again this year, they could end up moving to a for whatever they could get, you know, maybe a second, probably. Um, if he has a, a down year and they still have two first round picks, like they still have mm. their first round and they still have Niners first round pick mm. next year. So they have the draft capital and they would have the ability to go move up if they can find a trade partner. It, it it's always has to be said, you have to be able to find a trade partner to be able to do those kind of moves. Yeah. But they, they have the ammunition um, if Tua does have another flop year. You know, the, the other hidden thing here, though, is the running back room for the Dolphins also got significantly better. Um, I'm, I'm an Edmonds fan. I, I think he's a pretty good running back, uh, and I think he's a pretty good pass-catching running back, um, which could all – I mean, they didn't – they did not have anyone worth anything last year of the Dolphins. They were rolling out Gaskin and Ahmed and – My Ahmed stops. Duke Johnson, I think, was on the Dolphins for a game. Like, they, they had no one. So it kind of wasn't surprising to me to see Tua not do well when they never needed, to, like, teams never needed to worry about the rushing game with the Dolphins. And that is not going to be the case this year. They, they have a, uh, a rushing-focused coach. Um, I think that the, the team is going to take a significant step forward with uh, – Chase Edmonds and and Mostert, who I know a lot of people are out on Mostert because um, he gets hurt all the time. But he, if he can play, if he can stay even a little bit healthy for a few games, Mostert has speed. He could still break a game every now and again. Um, so I think that that rushing squad is also kind of the hidden thing that that I don't hear talk like talked about a lot with the Dolphins. How they, it's all about Tyreek Hill and how. The, the massive improvement to the uh, the pass catchers there. Um, not not enough about the the running backs, which I see as, as a huge upgrade. Well, and, and let's also remember that they signed Teron Armstead, who is a very mm. solid left tackle in his own right. Yeah. Um, so very much like the Jets are doing, the Dolphins are giving Tua every chance to succeed. And once again, it's probably a make or break year. So. It's, it's a tough foil um, with Tua and fields it's a really tough foil to see how the dolphins are building around Tua, even though he might not be it uh whereas comparison the the bears are just like kind of throwing fields out to the wolves and just like hey hey, we're gonna give you nothing but go do it anyway so it's rough in the um afc east this year i mean i think we can all agree the bills are the class of that division but Who do you have finishing second between the Jets, the Dolphins, and the Patriots? Oh, um, I still have the Patriots. Why? I just blind faith in Bill at this point. I had the Patriots Patriots fourth. They 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 made the playoffs last year, and not a ton has changed on the team. Uh, See, but I love what the Jets are doing. My guts, my gut says the Jets. My gut says the Jets are second. And I yeah. think Patriots and Dolphins are going to be fighting for third and fourth. And then I think yeah. Tua's going to win, if that's the case, right? Like, I think they're going to be done with Tua. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's certainly possible. As a side note on the Fields talk, I know uh, Eric probably knows this as well, but the uh, Bears have almost $100 million in cap space next year. I know. Ooh. Going, going into 2023. Fields, yeah. truthers, hold tight Money. this year. Next year. Next year. All all signs point to that being the case. Um, if by some miracle Fields falls out, I actually think it kind of puts the Bears overall in like a worse position almost. Like they don't have they. I I just feel like the Bears need so many. They have so many missing pieces of that team still that they they almost kind of need like a like a top five top ten pick next year. Happy Fourth, everybody! Enjoy the fireworks. Enjoy, enjoy celebrating America and everything that we get to have here. You guys, give me your firework QB. Who's your big grand finale firework QB? You mean who's going to be number one this year? Who's like the biggest improvement? Or yeah, uh, let's say Stafford over five thousand yards. Ooh, Ooh. 
Actually, I kind of like that. My hottest QB take is by the end of the season going into the playoffs, Jimmy G will be starting for the 49ers, not Trey Lance. I mean, as a Hawks fan, thank you for your service. I'll go ahead and, uh, yeah, you know what? I'd say uh, when you compare uh, the AFC West QBs, Russell Wilson will be the fourth ranked. I've been feeling that too. I like that one. Yeah. I think people are sleeping on Derek Carr. Russell Wilson will lead the league once again in sacks taken. Uh, it'll be close, but I do think Drew Locke can throw more than 2,000 yards this season. Wow. Cool. <laughs> Thanks for that, man. It's a hot take, <laughs> you know. Did you guys see the, the tennis uh, open Twitter Yeah, uh, taking shots at that Drew Locke? Yeah. That was so funny. And then that, that was one of the things that DK, he came at them and he was like, all right, guys, like, that's enough. No. Or I, I forgot the tweet, but he was like, cool it with that. <laughs> and somebody like put the Tony Romo crying gif on it. It's, yeah. like, <laughs> it's really good. <laughs>